welcome to the Fit Life with Jessica podcast, where we talk about how to create and maintain healthy habits with our fitness, nutrition, and overall well-being. This is a place where you can come to get real life, health, and fitness advice from a busy working mama who has a passion for helping others find their way to health and happiness. We're all in this crazy journey together, so why not lean on and lift each other up in the process? What do you get when you mix a mom who is into running, coffee, bomb skincare, and empowering other women? Mix all those together. What do you get? You get my friend Ashley. Today on the podcast, I chatted with my Instagram and TikTok friend, Ashley DeSano. You might know her as Lots of Miles. Um, I became friends with Ashley through TikTok and Instagram, discovered her in the pandemic last year. She has got a hilarious, hilarious tons of reels and TikToks all about mom life and running and coffee. And she is just so great at keeping it real. Um, We dive into all things about running, about mom life, about lifting up other women, and about how skincare really helped change her life and is now part of her business. So if you love this episode, do me a huge favor screenshot this and share it to your social media and tag me at the fit life with Jessica so that other people can help discover the podcast as well. But without further ado, here is my conversation with Ashley DeSano. Okay, guys, welcome back to another episode of the fit life with Jessica podcast. And I want to welcome my Instagram friend, TikTok friend, Ashley who I know you as lots of smiles on Instagram and TikTok, but um, Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. It's so funny. I've had a few guests on the podcast where I don't know them in real life, but I feel like I know you and I feel like we would be besties in real life, but the, but our first conversations are recorded on the podcast. Right. It's (laughs) Like like that meme. Nobody hypes you up like the social media friend you don't actually know. So true. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so true. I would love to hear a little bit more about you and about kind of your backstory. Like, where are you from? I am from Portland, Oregon, born and raised, and we are still here raising our boys. I'm married to my college sweetheart. I'm a boy mom. I have an eight-year-old and 11-year-old, and we are still in Oregon. I love that. I love that. I have not been to Oregon. I've been out west. I've been to Washington a few times, but Portland is definitely on my to-do list once we can travel and get out there. It is such a fun place. Yeah. So tell me about what do you do for a living? So I am a consultant with Rodan and Fields. I was a special education teacher for 13 years. Um, My husband works for Nike and before the pandemic travels constantly. So at one point, I mean, we know how it is with kids. We looked at each other and it was like, nobody is steering this ship. We are both just spinning our wheels. So I quit teaching and became a consultant with Rodan and Fields. They're the same doctors that created Proactive. So I just have a team and we sell skincare that is life-changing. I know that sounds cheesy, but it really is. Um, and I just absolutely love it. So I, I would say I work from home, but really I work from anywhere. As long as I have my phone, I can work. Nice. So when did you leave the education system and move into Rodan and Fields? I left in 2015. Um, when 
my oldest was in kinder and my youngest was just a crazy and wild toddler. Gosh, oh my goodness. Six years ago, and yeah. I use Rodan and Fields. I have used it for, oh my goodness, at least five years, maybe more, because time just kind of you know, warps and I have no yes. idea how long anymore, but it is, it is amazing. Uh, I'm a huge fan of it and it, it's crazy how skincare can really make or break your confidence. It can make or break your, um, you know, bank account if you're uh, <laughs> selling it and you know, there's just so much more to it than like just the cream that you put on your face. Like what, how did you get into that? Um, well, I'll say when I left teaching, I was really concerned. I was ready to leave teaching. Like I was done being with 37 year olds, but I really love helping people. And it's crazy. Like, yes, some people use skincare because they just want to uh, not look like they're aging as they are. But for a lot of people, it really is a confidence issue. So it's incredible to feel like I still get to help people um, and have messages every day from people saying, I actually went on a date and I haven't been on a date in a long time because I was so self-conscious about my skin. Um, oh, wow. I know. So I actually, a friend from high school called me and just said, hey, I'm doing this Rodan and Fields thing. I had never heard of them. I thought it was the name of a landscaping company when I heard it. Um, I was washing my face as we all were, I believe with St. Ives apricot scrub. And I felt like that was enough. Um, but (laughs) she just asked me some questions and asked if I would be interested. And as soon as I heard work from home, I was like, yep, I will absolutely jump in. And I'm one of those people, whether it's marathon training, whether it's a book club, I just jump in with both so immediately I thought I want to make this as big as I can and help as many people as I can. So I just started the ground and, and hit the ground sprinting. I love that. And I love that. I, I don't know if it's a mom thing or a woman thing, but so many, myself included, our passion is to help people in whatever capacity we can. And it's cool how in this world that we live in right now, like there's so many different ways you can fulfill that passion of helping people, but you can also make money at it. And that is one of the coolest things. And that's kind of what I've been waiting through the last, you know, year or two launching my own business and like leaving corporate America. It's like, okay, I can still help people, but I can do it in this way or that way. And I'm just, I'm so grateful that we live in a technology driven world where that's possible, right? Yes. And I'm grateful we live in a world also where some of the stigma around just how you work from home and what you do for a living, I feel like it's starting to be more of just like empowered women, empower women. And however you choose to do that, as long as you're not hurting other people, if it works for you and your family, like go you. I feel like that's been a really recent shift in how, you know, we all just support each other as, as moms. I totally agree. I was was talking to somebody a week or two ago about like five to 10 years ago, all of these different businesses that we have and like the fact that, you know, I'm a accountability coach or, you know, someone's a running coach or someone's a life coach or someone sells skin. Like this whole women entrepreneur boom, like wasn't even like five, 10 years ago, wouldn't have been on my radar. I don't know if I just wasn't mentally there yet, but I am so here for it. And I, I love how women are able to lift up other women. I literally have a notebook that says what you just said, like empowered women, empower women. It's one of my favorite little like jotting doodling notebooks. And it's so true. It's, and I mean, the power of social media too, to, to, to help make that even, even bigger. Like the women I've met on social are sometimes more supportive than like people in my own real life. Do you find that? 
I do. Yeah. I think so. One of the things I think about when I think of this is that sometimes friends in real life, if you've known them for a long time, you kind of fit in a box and that's not a bad thing, but they kind of think they know who you are. And as you change, which a lot of us do, I'm 40, um, throughout your life, you either bring those people with you or they get frustrated that you aren't really the same person that they thought they knew. So I feel like on social media, some people are meeting you where you're at. And that can be frustrating because there's that saying, don't judge uh, my life based on the chapter you walked in on. Mm. So I feel like on social media, people are meeting you where you are. So oftentimes, they're kind of seeing the best version of you. And some people who've been with you through your whole journey have watched you get there and may still cheer you on or may not. So I feel like social media is a place where you can really quickly find people who have the same interests, hobbies, goals, and connect. And in real life, that can be trickier. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I love how you put that. That's so true. And I'm, I'm a big believer that, you know, you are the five people that you surround yourself with the most, um, especially when it comes to in-person and as you, and you're growing and you're learning and hopefully evolving and changing and whatever that looks like for you, you know, sometimes your circle changes and those relationship dynamics are no longer what they used to be, you know, be it in college or be it in our early thirties. I'm in my, I'll be 36 this year. So, you know, right there with you. And it's, it's a tricky thing to make sure that the people around you are, you know, inspiring you and some are further along than you and some challenge you because that's what's going to help me grow as a person. Right. I also think people in your real life often, um, they know you, they know the real you. And like, for an example, I have friends in my real life who I am so close with and I lean on and they lean on me and they could give two shits. Sorry, if I'm not supposed to say that, no, but they go could for give it. two shits about what I do on TikTok or what I do on Instagram, or if I have this many followers, because they just know me. And, you know, for me, I would much rather have those five or six people in my real life who know the hot mess, Ashley, than the people who get to see the version of myself I share on social media, although it's very vulnerable and hot mess also. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, I think both groups of people serve totally different purposes that are both necessary to help you grow as a woman and a mom. That's a really, that's a good point. I love that. And since you brought up TikTok and Instagram, we have to tell everybody. So I found you, discovered you, however we want to say that on TikTok, probably last year at the beginning of the pandemic, um, I had no idea what TikTok was. Here I am, like this 35-year-old, you know, mom of two, like trying to get through life and trying to understand like what in the hell are we living through right now? I'm like, well, sure, I'll download TikTok. If my younger, cooler brother is telling me that I need to download this, like, sure, let me get some, you know, some laughs out of it. But like you are so you were like such a ray of sunshine and yes. like laughed and cried with you last year, um, on TikTok. So that was kind of how I, I found you. Like when, what made you get on TikTok? How did you start? Like, was last year your first, like even go at TikTok? I mean, how did that begin for you? Yeah. So I had never heard of TikTok. My husband who just knows what a crazy person I am kept telling me you have got to get on TikTok. Like I would do Instagram lives and Facebook lives and it's just a different world over there. Um, and he's like, you need to get on TikTok. You would love it. And I got on a couple of times and I was like, babe, these people are infants. Like these are children. <laughs> um, 
And then just learning the logistics. I had to have my 11-year-old son teach me. I was like, how do I use a sound? Like, I don't even understand how this app works. Um, and I just started sharing. And I thought, okay, TikTok is just this place where people, like, cheer each other on. And it's really mainly positive, you know, other than the crazy trolls you get every now and then. But I just decided when I joined TikTok, I was going to be authentically 100% me, all of it, very vulnerable, very honest, share as you've seen stuff I feel about politics and all the things. Um, And then just kind of it it exploded when I did one video about just being very honest about being a 40 year old mom who pees my pants because that (laughs) happens. Um, And I just got a big following after that, because I think I feel like we're in this moment where moms have been given permission. And like you were saying, maybe it's been there all along and I just didn't notice it. But I feel like really recently moms have been given permission to say things like, I love my kids, but I hate parenting. Yes. Um, I love my kids, but, you know, parenting isn't what I thought it would be. And just given permission to be really vulnerable in sharing our struggles as moms. So honestly, I think that's where TikTok, at least through this last year, has really tied a lot of us together. I think that's so true. I mean, and it's like you said, I don't know if it's because of technology and like all the platforms that we're on, but I'm so here for the open, honest, vulnerable conversations, especially around motherhood, because there's so many things, you know, when you become a mom, you think it's going to be one way or you, there's all these expectations and all of these, you know, stigma surrounding like how you should be and this like impossible facade of perfection that is put on by so many. But I think that social media is helping things evolve. And we as women are just evolving. And we're like, F that. Like, (laughs) I am not here to be this, you know, always filtered, always perfect, you know, always Pinterest ready. Like I am most of the time a hot mess mom. Like (laughs) I'm getting store-bought Easter candy and store-bought teacher gifts. And like, this is how it is, man. Yes. And just like uh, taking medication, like anxiety medication, depression medication. I feel like people are talking about that more and about like, you know, going away with your girlfriends and not feeling guilty about it. You don't need to be around your kids 24 hours a day. It's not good for them. It's not good for you. Um, So true. So true. TikTok has just been a place to, to do that and just to be funny. Like I do not take myself seriously at all. All. And I think as we've talked about helping people, if I can make somebody laugh, I feel like one laugh or big smile every day can just change how your day's going. So I think if I can make somebody smile or laugh for even 10 seconds, that's that matters. I totally agree, especially when you know everything was so new last year. It was March, it was April. You know, I live in, in Georgia, so we were probably one of the last people to shut down <laughs> the rest of the country. But you know, here we are with our kids at home and we're in this very scary, unknown time. And it was, it was like medicine for me, you know, like yeah. being as weird as that sounds, like TikTok was, but it was like an escape. It was laughter, it was an escape. And I was like, if this is what it takes to make me smile or laugh or, you know, just kind of let it out after the kids are in bed asleep. And this is my time for me. Like, hell, I'm, I am totally here for it. And I just love, I love how it's brought so many things to the forefront. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that you said your the video that did it for you was you being like, yeah, I'm a mom and I pee in my pants. My pants. Yeah. <laughs> I I just said something like all you young, cute girls and these dances you're doing, like 
keep doing it because someday you're not going to be able to because you're going to pee like while you're practicing doing the dances. <laughs> it's so true. It's, my kids tell me like when we're outside running around, I'm like, oh, I can't run that fast. Like mommy will literally pee in her pants. Yeah. And they're like, wait, what? Why? I'm like, just yes. wait. Just you wait. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> other one that kind of caught fire for a while was one just about where do chin hairs come from? Like they come from out of nowhere and then they're eight inches long. Um, yes. And, you know, so many women don't talk about stuff like that because they come out into the world and they're manicured and it's like, nobody wakes up like that. <laughs> nobody exactly. wakes up like that. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, that's what I just love TikTok for, right? Nobody really takes themselves too seriously over there. Absolutely. How has it changed your your business? Like how has TikTok and, and Instagram, like how has that changed the like skincare business for you? Well, I would say I don't talk about it on TikTok just because that's not why I'm there. Um, Like my goal of being on TikTok is just to make people laugh and smile and feel okay about saying parenting sucks and feel okay about being like some days I think about how I'm going to murder my husband. Um, But I would say I have gained a lot more customers, but it's only through that relationship, right? They watch TikTok, they figure out we have a lot in common, and then they're like, okay, I trust her. Like if this normal mom from Portland, Oregon says that this skincare works and I can see from her face, it works. I think I'm going to go ahead and try it. Mm, so I yeah. think it's helped just people recognize um, just what good skincare can do. And then when you get to know someone, you want to support them, right? So some people have even said to me like, "Ugh, I had a bad taste in my mouth about an MLM. Like I definitely didn't want to buy anything from someone. But then I realized like, oh, this is just a normal mom making a living. Absolutely. If it helps her and the skincare is going to help me, let's, I'm going to support your business. So I I would say like, no, I was just going to say, I would say like that. I think just realizing I'm just a normal mom (laughs) who sells skincare. I love that. I think that's a great lesson for, you know, any of us that are selling anything on social, whether you are in an MLM, um, whether you have your own business, whether you are consulting or coaching on the side, like whatever you're doing, um, it's all about relationships. Like I come from a sales background. I was in advertising. I sold digital and print advertising for almost 10 years and shifted from that to now doing personal training. And I have my own brand and coaching business, but I come from a sales world, so I understand that. But so many of us who are, you know, you're in sales no matter what you're doing. If you own your own business, you're in sales. And I think that one of the biggest lessons that we all have to learn if you're owning your own business and selling that product is it's all about relationships. Like if you, if you don't lo- know, like, and trust somebody, you're not going to purchase from them. And I think that has been one of the biggest things that I've learned. And, you know, I think other women could definitely stand to learn from is like, just be real, be you be honest. Like you said, you're like, TikTok is just for me to show who the hell I am. And that I'm a real person. I'm a real human. And you can like me and know me and trust me through this. I think that that's, that's big. Absolutely. And I think too, when you have a bigger platform, and people purchase from you and begin using the products, then referrals start to happen. And that's just great, right? Like the biggest compliment is a referral. So someone just says, Hey, this chick, Ashley, lots of miles on TikTok, hooked me up with lash boost. My lashes are really long. She could probably help you. Um, But I also think it, it holds you accountable to taking really good care of your customers. Like when someone purchases something from me, I want to make sure they love it. I want to make sure they're getting the results they want. And I also know 
I better provide really good customer service because I have a bigger platform. And if I don't, somebody's going to get mad at me and tell the world I suck. Mm. <laughs> so, oh yeah. <laughs> it works both um, ways. <laughs> it really does. Um, but I like what you're saying. And I agree with you about relationships. I think it's just about that trust piece and allowing people to get to know you because once they know you, they understand that you're not trying to sell them something just to sell them something. You're trying to help them. And it's something you trust and believe in. Um, and it's at that point in time that people want to support you because they know you're not just selling crap. That's so true. I love that. I want to talk a little bit about your, your running, um, being in Portland. Those of you who don't know, Nike started in Oregon. Oregon is a huge running community. Um, how did you get into running and what is that? How does that manifest itself in your like everyday life? So I um, played soccer in high school and then I went to college and I stopped exercising and I partied as hard as anyone could party humanly possible without getting arrested, I guess. Um, (laughs) I did not exercise a day in my life in college. I met my now husband and I started going to a graduate program for a master's in teaching and it was really stressful. And he was just like, you could totally try going for a jog. Um, And I did. And I tell people like everybody else, I started with literally a quarter mile and I got sick and I went home and ran a half marathon a year later, just decided this is for me. Um, I'm a really low maintenance person. So for me, running was the easiest way to get those endorphins and try to get myself back to healthy because you just need shoes and the sports bra and some shorts. Um, So that was in 2003. And since then, I've run... 11 marathons, probably 50 to a hundred half marathons. Um, I just wow. really found that to be the best version of me running helped that. So I ran through both pregnancies with my kids up until the day they were born. And I feel like that really helped me just stay sane. And after they were born, then be able to get back. And I don't mean my body. I don't really care what my body looks like, but just get back to mentally feeling like I'm giving myself endorphins. I'm giving myself me time So a lot of running for me is about having that 60 minutes to three hours by myself. Absolutely. I say the same thing about working out. I'm a a huge fan of it, but it's not so much about what it does for my body. It's about the energy that I get from it and the mental release. It's like, this is the way I'm not going to scream at my kids. You know, I need that hour on my bike. I'm a big Peloton fan. So like I need to be on the Peloton or I need to be lifting weights or um, it is such a mental game for yes. me and my, I, I was a big runner before kids. Um, I was like the first in my group to start running and then my husband started running and he's the runner in the family now, but it's just such a, like a tribe, you know, like when you're a runner, like the, the running community and the race community, and we live here just outside of Atlanta. So like the peach tree is a big deal, you know, in our community here. And I just love the camaraderie around it. Um, I do too. I ran, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say I ran alone. So I trained alone. I ran my first few marathons alone. Um, I really kind of, dare I say, prided myself on running alone. Like I Mm -hmm. don't need anybody else. I can do all of this by myself. And then a good friend of mine moved into my neighborhood. Um, We actually hadn't been friends growing up, but she's like, Hey, I saw that you run. I moved into your neighborhood. I would love to run with you. And at first I was like, this is a bad, bad idea. I don't run with people. Um, (laughs) And now we've been running together for 
eight years and I just don't know what I would do without her and the girls that I run with. I still run mainly by myself, but a couple days a week, I run with these other women and we travel to races together. And during the pandemic, especially, it was my lifeline. Oh, that's so good. I mean, just to have that social aspect of it, you know, to have that I know I'm going to have this time with these girls and it's time for y'all to pour into each other and like fill up your cup while you're moving your body at the same time. Absolutely. And I always joke and say, I almost love, sometimes I won't race and I'll pace them. And I almost love pacing my friends to a PR more than getting my own PR. <laughs> oh, I love Just that. Helping them get there. It's so emotional. What, what, what is one of your favorite races or like one of your top, you know, top three races you've ever ran? I'd say my, so my marathon PR, which was 302.25, which I'm trying to break in two and a half weeks. But that nice. was when my, so my son, my youngest son was seven months old at the time. And my oldest was maybe four. So that one just sticks out in my mind because I knew, well, one, it was a PR, which is always great, but also I knew that it had really been my saving grace through my son's first seven months of life mm-hmm. that just waking up at, at that time, 3.30 in the morning to run before he got up was my time and I could kind of be my best for him. And then just knowing he was at the finish, but also being like, this is what badass moms do. Like, I'm going to cross this finish line. My husband's going to hand me my baby and I'm going to nurse him because that's just what moms do. We just Oh, I love that. Oh my we gosh. Just, get it done, you know, like, right. We just get it done. Um, so that one just is very powerful and sticks out in my mind. Um, and then I did Boston the year that it was like 1 million, I think 2018, 2017, I don't remember. It was like a million mile per hour winds, freezing cold rain. Um, the work, like my worst marathon time ever, but I remember coming up and running by, is it Sarah Lawrence, the all girls college there? And they were all out giving high fives. And I went to an all girls high school and I was just sobbing because again, women showing up to support women, the rest of the course was pretty bare because the weather was so terrible, but all of these women still came out. And I was like, again, this is women just here to support each other. This is why women are so badass right yes. here. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. That, that's a good memory right there. Yeah. What would you say to people, a lot of, a lot of people that are my clients are like, they're women, they're moms, they're around our age and they really struggle with like staying accountable and staying with a commitment, whether it's running or any kind of workouts, like what advice would you give someone that's like just wanting to start running? Like how, like, do you have training plans that you use or recommend? Like what's a good start for somebody? Yes. So I have a website and it has free training plans on it for people who want to start running. Um, So a few things. I often think people will see someone like you or me and think we just wake up and we're like, yes, I get to exercise today when that could not be further from the truth. So I think if people can understand that it's not about motivation, it's about dedication. They're two very different things that you just really have to be of the mindset. I'm going to do this. And I might not like it. I might not feel good about it, but I made a commitment to myself and I'm not going to break that. So it's almost like scheduling, you know, a dentist appointment or whatever. Um, and then I think, although as mothers, this can be hard, but finding a time where there's not really anything that can mess it up. Cause we're often going to put ourselves last. Mm. So for me, I run at four 30 or five in the morning, sometimes five 30, because 
my only other option then is sleeping and sleeping's great, but I also know an hour of running is going to put me in a better headspace than an hour of sleep. And I know there's nothing that can get in my way. So finding that protected time. Um, and then I also think just don't set these huge goals and you're just going to set yourself up for failure. So say you're starting to run. Don't be like, I'm going to run every day for 30 minutes because you're not. And mm-hmm. if you do, you're probably going to burn out. So like on my site, the plans I have start with walk run intervals and it's maybe three days a week, four at the most, because you have to really build and teach your body what it's getting itself into. And then I also think this is going to sound so cheesy, but I keep a little running journal and I just make notes about how I feel after because nobody wants to go work out, but it's that whole how you feel after. So if you can really help yourself remember how it feels when you're done. That's huge. I love that. I I love what you said about how, you know, it's not motivation is dedication. Like motivation is not going to, you know, get you up out of bed on the days you don't want to get up out of bed. Right. Like it's, you just have to say that this is a promise that I'm not going to break to myself. Right. And if if you can find an accountability partner that can help a ton, like literally, to just someone to text in the morning and be like, are you up and getting on the bike? Yes. Are you up and getting on the bike? That can be huge because often we'll let ourselves down, but we won't let someone else down. 100%. I had, that's, that was a light bulb moment I had, I think back in 2018, I was reading a book and, um, it was all about how like we as women, we as moms will never break a commitment to somebody else. If we say I'm bringing mac and cheese to the cookout, we're bringing mac and cheese and then some. If we say we'll meet you for wine at seven, like we are not breaking these promises. But when we say I'm going to move my body for three days a week or however many days, whatever you commit to yourself, why are we always the first to break our promises to ourselves? It was such a freaking light bulb moment when I read that. And that's kind of the premise of my whole, like why I have an accountability coaching business is because of that. It's because we put ourselves last and we break our own promises to ourselves. Right. And then who are you bringing to the world? Right? Like I always think taking 60 to 90 minutes to myself allows me to be the best mom, wife, sister, friend. So honestly, even though at times it feels selfish to take that time, it really is. So I can be the best version of me for everybody who needs me. That's such a good point. I mean, I love that. And I love what you said about getting up early in the morning because like we all love sleep, right? But you said that the feeling you have after the hour you're, you know, you're running or whatever is so much better than the hour of the extra sleep. Like it's, it's a sacrifice. And a lot of women and moms say like, well, I don't have the time to work out or I don't know where I can fit it into my schedule. I'm like, you're not going to magically make more hours in the day. Like I wish we could because we could all use more hours in the day, but you're going to have to find time and you're going to have to replace it. Like you're doing one thing and you have to replace it with that exercise because you know, like you said, you're setting yourself up for success for the rest of the day. Right. Oh, I love that. That's huge. Well, definitely we'll make sure and link your website um, and any other handles in the show notes, but I definitely want to make sure people know that they can go to your website and get the, um, the running plans. I think that's, that's a big daunting thing when you want to start running, but you don't know how. So I think that's, that's a big key thing for a lot of peeps. So oh, I love that. So I have two more questions for you. Um, and then we can kind of wrap it up, but I'm curious, I'm really big on habits. 
um, forming daily habits. What are some of your like non-negotiables when it comes to like your, your habits? Other than drinking coffee. Um, <laughs> other than coffee and running. <laughs> coffee, coffee and running are, those are two. Um, so a few, I would say I make sure to get up an hour before I'm going to run. So say I'm going to run at 6.30. I'll get up at 5.30. I know I don't have to be out the door till 6.25. And one of my total non-negotiables is during that time, I work my business because, again, I cannot be interrupted. I want to support my team. So at that point in time, I just sit down and I work. And that's a non-negotiable. And then the other, I would say, we do something with our kids called golden time. And that is where each kid gets 10 minutes with us uninterrupted. So no phones, no whatever. And I know 10 minutes doesn't seem like much, but to them, it feels like the world because it's literally, what do you want to do for 10 minutes? So I might have to play Fortnite. I might have to ride scooters, do things I'd never want to do. But our boys then get us each for that 10 minutes, just one-on-one. And that's a non-negotiable. That's something that we do every day. I love that. Now, do you guys do that in the morning? Do you do that in the afternoon? Does it change? Honestly, like... it changes because my husband works for Nike. He's working from home right now. So it's kind of when he can fit it in. And then our kids play soccer and baseball. So it's definitely when they can fit it in. Um, so it, it can just be a random 10 minutes when I'm like, oh my gosh, I have 10 minutes. I'm going to just say, and you literally just walk up to the kid and say golden time and they have to choose what they want to do. And then you do that. I am absolutely implementing that. I love that so much. And it can be like to them, 10 minutes is huge. And my toddlers are over something by 10 minutes anyway. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> attention span is like that of a goldfish. So I think that's great. So you get up an hour before you have to run, you work your business in that time. We're consuming copious amounts of coffee. I'm assuming yes. during that, that hour. And then you do golden time. I, I love that. That's a I'm definitely implementing that. That's a great idea. Any other non-negotiables? No, because we kind of fly by the seat of our pants most days, um, just with two kids in sports and my husband. I mean, I'd say another non-negotiable is we always watch something true crime at the end of the day, but that's not really a necessity. It's just how we wind down together. <laughs> I love that. I would say one of my goals, though, and would love to hear any tips if you have any, but something I am not good at is sitting down for meals. And I don't think any moms are. So I'm definitely not as organized as I'd like to be with my eating habits. And I feel like I definitely, you know, could, could switch those up. And I'm so good at creating routines. I just need to create more of a routine around it. Definitely. We've started, we've started that this year. Um, my son is almost four and my daughter is six. So they're like kind of at the age where they're eating, you know, almost eating what we're eating. Um, but we do, we have like a, you know, a set dinner time where it's sometime between five 30 and six usually, which feels early, but that's just kind of what we've gotten used to. And we put our phones away and I make my six year olds at the table and we're all just sitting around there and we talk about our day and it's like, it sounds so simple, but no matter what we're eating, no matter if the kids are eating something different than us, like it's not really about what we're eating. It's just that intentional time um, has been a big thing for us. And then something that I try and do, and I don't always do it if I'm being totally honest, but I try and do it on like a Sunday where I'll plan out a couple meals, just jotting them down. And I'll, I'll plan something that's going to be big enough for leftovers so that I'm not literally in the kitchen every single night. So like if we have this, you know, Mexican casserole or whatever, I know I can have leftovers on Tuesday. 
So we're getting the, you know, actual homemade meal on two nights, but I'm only cooking one night. So I'm big on planning out my meals, just writing them down, not actually cooking and prepping them all in one day. Cause God, I hate meal prep, yeah. but um, <laughs> being intentional about planning them has helped me a lot, but it's, uh, it's not always perfect <laughs> for <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> and my kids are, you know, they eat chicken nuggets and quesadillas. So, you know, it's, it's a work in progress for them for sure. <laughs> being so little I love that well last question for you um is what advice would you give to your younger self like to you five or ten years ago oh there's so much um you know my best friend and I were just talking about this we were saying how hard girls and women are on ourselves about silly stuff like the way we look how much we might weigh what size of clothes we wear and saying you know if I asked you, tell me your favorite things about your best friends, you would never say she has a really pretty face and her body's awesome. You just wouldn't say that. You'd be like, she is the most generous, kind person. She helps me with my kids. She helps me make big decisions. So I think to my younger self, I would say, as long as you're keeping yourself healthy, don't worry about what you look like or wasting time on thinking about that because in the big picture it doesn't matter and it takes most of us until our 40th year of life to know that um i would also say to my younger self just figure out what it is you love and do more of that like don't let anybody tell you that your passions aren't enough or your hobbies are silly or your goals are too big. If you in your gut want to do something, go for it and don't let anyone stop you. Um, I think those would be my two biggest pieces of advice to my younger self. And then just, you know, stay safe, but have fun because once you become a parent, it's a really different kind of fun. You don't get married before you really really need to and want to and just exactly. have fun. Oh my gosh, I know. I know. I, we always say like, why did my husband and I, like the second we started to have disposable income, like then we had kids. Like, so we yes. didn't get to do the like, oh, let's travel to Europe and let's do all the things. We were poor when we were first married. And now I'm like, now we have kids and we have disposable income, which is nice, but we have kids and they suck every ounce of time out of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> And that's great advice, though. I, I absolutely love that. And I agree with what you said. I mean, you know, on our obituaries, it's not going to be like, well, she had 9% body fat and, right. her, you know, she she did 365 days in a row on her Peloton. Like, no, it's about how did you give back and how did you help other people? Like, if we can just pay it forward, man, and yes. just like lift up other people and just freaking be kind, you know, well, I think that, that would be my other piece of advice is just most of your successes come from a shit ton of failure. So just understand that nobody is standing on a mountain of success. We're standing on a pile of failures. So with every failure, just realize you're one step closer to where you're trying to get. So as long as you're able to reflect on it and learn from it, you really move further and learn a lot more from a failure than a success. Gosh, that's so true. You got to fail forward. As scary as it is. 
Yes. You've got to just fail forward. That's such good advice. Oh, I love that. Well, tell our listeners, um, where can they connect with you on social? What are your handles? And I'll make sure and link those, um, in the show notes. So I am on TikTok and Instagram under lots of miles. So it, people think it's lots of smiles because I smile a lot, but it's lots of miles. So I'm there. And then who cares about Facebook? I'm on Facebook, just Ashley DeSano. Got <laughs> and it. Then I'll give you my, um, I have a website, ashleydesano.com. And on that website, everything is linked. So the skincare is there, the running plans are there, the other links for things are there. And I do a blog for woman of the month. So I have highlights of different women in my life who I want to share about. I love that. I love that. And do, y'all do not sleep on Rodan Fields. I have been using it for years and go, go talk to Ashley and she can help you get some fantastic skincare. So don't sleep on that, my friends. <laughs> Thank well, you. girl, I so appreciate your time and I just love chatting with you. I love what you stand for. I love what you're all about. And if you ever come to Atlanta to run any races, you better let me know. I will. And we'll, we'll meet up for coffee and wine and, and all the good things, but this I has been, um, this has been awesome. I sincerely appreciate you and your time. Thank you so much. I'm the most impressed that we did not get interrupted by children or dogs. So kudos I mean, to us. This is a win. When is. Nothing else good is happening today. This was a win. This right? is a win. <laughs> okay. All right, girl. Take care. Have a good Thanks one. Thanks so much. Bye. Okay. Bye, Ashley. Hey, you want to know how you can help me? Why don't you screenshot this podcast and share it to your social media? Tag me. My Instagram is at the fit life with Jessica. Take it another step further and leave me a review and a five-star rating in Apple podcast. It would mean the world to me. Thanks friend.